Hello, and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. Delighted to be joined by Rocky on what is the morning after, the night before, which is the Eagles' defeat of the Dallas Cowboys. How are we, Rock? We all good? Uh, still struggling a little bit. Just so the listeners know, myself and Sasquatch took our friendship to the next level. We we stayed up for Dallas night. Last night we were biting each other's fingernails. It was a very intimate affair, but we survived. Yeah, I, I don't think the listeners want to hear about us getting the second base. No. But, uh, look, I digress. I'm Glad good, how are you? We might just, might just start making tracks. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Um, but yeah, look, we might just start making tracks. We might cut to around the ground, get through the scores. Obviously, as we mentioned last week, we're recording now on Monday night, so Monday night result between the Chargers and the Jets is not known. Um, then we'll move to Ford and Gold. And finally, we'll, we'll round out with the Week 10 previews. But without much further ado, the Sasquatch stats. So, look, I went with a nice, clean, obvious one. 30 of 42 for 470 yards, which is a single-game rookie record and five touchdowns. CJ Stroud may already be a top 10 quarterback in this league. Um, just exceptional. And when you factor in... That includes a game-winning drive with 30 seconds left on the clock. There's, there's not much more you can ask of this man already as a rookie. I think he's just been exceptional. I agree. He's to the results. Good. To the results. Mm, exceptional. Um, to Thursday Night Football, Steelers overcame the Titans 20 points to 16 in Frankfurt. Uh, the Chiefs overcame the Dolphins 21 points to 14. Not quite the offensive showing we all predicted. Vikings led by Josh Dobbs, which we'll get to, overcame the Falcons 31 points 28. The Ravens put the Seahawks to the sword 37 points to 3. Browns overcame the Cardinals 27 zip. Packers got a much needed victory 20 points to 3 against the Rams. Texans, as mentioned, overcame the Buccaneers 29 points to 37, as we mentioned, low key a potential game of the round. Um, wasn't far off. Commanders overcame the Patriots 20 points to 17. Bears fell victim to the Saints 24 points to 17. Colts overcame the lackluster Panthers 27 points to 13. The Raiders put the Giants to the sword 30 points to 6. As mentioned, the Eagles overcame the Cowboys in a bit of a nail-biter to be fair. 28 points to 23. And finally, last night, the Bengals overcame the Bills 24 points to 18. But without much further ado, we're going to jump into fourth and goal. And Rocky, if you'd be so kind, would you deputise this week? Oh, well, uh, we'll start off with a nice kind of uh, macro <laughs> look at the league. And entering week 10, which coaches are on the hot seat? Including ones that might only have entered or sat on the hot seat now for the last in the last week or two. So the way I was, I was going to approach this is I've created three tiers here cold hot and somewhere in the middle warm um so i'm going to read out the list of coaches in each tier and you can stop me uh and then we can discuss so the cold seat you know these these coaches have a or their jobs are safe so rob sala the jets 
Um, Zach Taylor, Kevin Stefanski, D'Amico Ryans, Shane Steichen, Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Mike McCarthy, uh, Mike McDaniel, Sean McDermott, Sean Payton. Sorry. So, clarify for me. So, if they're cold, you mean there's no fear of them losing no, their job? No. I think even if they had a terrible year for the rest of the year, their jobs are safe. I would say Mike McCarthy is getting warm. Um, okay, yeah, maybe maybe he could be in the warm seat. I think the I think um, Jerry Jones' feeling towards Mike McCarthy isn't the same of the media. I I don't get the sense that there's much pressure on McCarthy. Um, I just I just think talent to overall production that seat's got to get warm at some stage. And there's a lot of noise outside. Maybe Jerry Jones loves him and they're best buds, but I still think the outside clamour does make people do kind of strange decisions. At okay. Time. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's fair enough. Um, so Mike McCarthy will put a little star on his name. <laughs> Mike McDaniel, Sean McDermott, Sean Payton might be a bit of a surprise here. I think he's given he's got this year. I don't know. He could lose the rest of the year, and he's so. yeah. uh, he's safe. Uh, Nick Seriani, John Harbaugh, uh, Dan Campbell, uh, Matt Lafleur in the Packers. I again, obviously a terrible year, yeah. but I don't get the sense he's in any danger. Um, Kevin O'Connell as well. I think great year or great sort of head coach debut last year. I know it's been a bit shaky this year, but they've dealt with adversity as well. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit situational too, I think. Um, and obviously, the injury to Kirk Cousins does kind and of And Justin him, Jefferson. Buy him a, and, buy yeah. Him. Yeah. Uh, Sean McVay, I know. Buy some big race. Sean McVay's had a poor year this year and last year, so this might change. But again, I don't get the sense that um, there's pressure on him. And if, no. if he was, there's a lot of talk of him going to a, a commentator's position, but that seems to be sort of his own personal preference rather than any interior pressure on him. Yeah. And then to round out this tier is Kyle Shanahan and Pete Carroll. I think all of those coaches are I would say Mike Tom I'd say Mike Tomlin should be in there. I've got Mike Tomlin at the Did you say Mike Tomlin? No, I didn't. I think Mike Tomlin is on the warm <coughs> the warm seat. We're moving to warm no. territory. No. Um no, no I haven't this is probably a bit pessimistic for Tomlin. It's just the the, the Steelers, they just feel flat the last two or three years offensively. Like they they don't scare anyone. Um, now I I don't and, and I get where you're yeah. where you're coming from, and I think in a different organization, yeah, definitely. But it's just how the Steelers do things, and they'll I think they'll ride with Tomlin until he's ready to go. Look, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to lose his job. This season, in the off season, like, but I, I think there will be internal pressure on him to get uh, the offense clicking again. We'll speed through some of these. Uh, Vrabel, I think, is on the warm seat. Um, particularly in the last couple of seasons, he's obviously um, Tannehill was injured, and well, Levis came in, won the first game, lost the second game, and Vrabel was a bit critical of him. And that rubbed up a lot of the organization. The one thing I would yeah. say, the one thing I would say is he he did look good in defeat. To be fair to him, 
Look, I like Vrabel. I really, I really like so, Vrabel. Um, but there yeah. are reports. I was on about Levis, though. Oh, oh, Levis. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but it, it's Vrabel that was being yeah. critical, and I know we're going over time here, but we'll we'll definitely be a bit short what? on my last point. Um, so I think Vrabel is his seat is warming up. We're seeing reports of of him being traded to New England in the off season. That'd be wild. Uh, Dable, I think. Mm. Brian Dable has enough goodwill from last year that he will survive this year. But this, what a nightmare yeah, season from the Giants. I think Dennis Allen and the Saints, um, the defense is pretty okay. Their offense is just very inconsistent and in letting them down. Yeah. And Jonathan Gannon. Like, I know it's his first year. He, he certainly will probably survive the year, but I think he'll be on a bit of a short leash. Um, he's not got mm. years of of safety. All right, we'll we'll fly through the hot uh, the hot seats. Antonio Pierce, <laughs> he's the interim coach of the uh, Raiders. So I'm not saying you know it, it comes to the territory of being an interim. He'll really need to impress to mm. to be in consideration for the job. Uh, Brandon Staley, I think that's nothing more needs to be said there. Ron Rivera, no. I think Bill Belichick. There is so much pressure on him externally yeah. and reports of internal pressure from Bob Kraft. So, but I think how that will be handled will be, Bill, please stand down so we don't have to sack you. Yes. I think yeah. will be how that will be handled and we'll never know. It'll just look like he retired. But it looks like his the goodwill of his overall record is, is yeah. very much um, waning. Uh, Matt Eberflus in yeah. Chicago. Um, He's a dead duck, I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. You, you could talk about Chicago in its own segment, but we won't. Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Um, myself and yourself were talking. Even just his personnel mismanagement. Yeah, I think he had a, a first in goal last night and at no point on the in the the possession was Bijan Robinson and um defense is good but there's no excuse for them not putting up points. Um Frank Reich, self explanatory and Todd Bowles in Tampa. Um I think Todd Bowles might get a bit of a bite considering like it's the year they've moved off Brady and they've largely been competitive. I think there was pressure on Todd Bowles last year with Brady because the offense even then was sputtering. Their run game has been pretty anemic for two years now, two and a bit years now. Fair. Um, I think Byron Leftwich took a good portion of the blame, and he's gone now, and the inefficiency remains. I think there'll be pressure on top balls. Fair. Okay. Nothing crazy look, in there. That's Maybe top, Mike Tom. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I think my time was was a stretch. Now I, I nearly ended the podcast. Full stop. There. Um, I jest. Um. He's yeah. A diva. Well, look. I suppose. Look. I'm. I'm. I'm fully aware that it's probably been one of the most reactionary seasons on a week to week basis. Um. In recent memory, amongst the talking heads, including ourselves. But. Are the Ravens? 
the team to beat? Um, and if not, who do you put ahead of them? I think they are. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like I think the Bengals are are looking pretty pretty good now. The last number of weeks. Um, mm. I think we want to see the Bengals just kind of keep it up for a few more weeks before we put them in that conversation. Yeah. The Chiefs again, very good, a bit inconsistent. Uh, they obviously beat the, the Dolphins. You say about the Chiefs is, yeah, they're largely doing it on the back of their defense. Yeah, which is something we're not too familiar with Kansas football. No, as of late, and even. Travis Kelsey had a very not very poor but he was locked down I think he maybe three or four receptions against the Dolphins very unlike him yeah um, um, and look they're they're well rounded but I don't think they have the, um, the <laughs> pizzazz this year for people to say yep that's a top three team certainly top um, eight top six maybe but but not the top top of the top um, who else might be up there um, the Bills again. Bills have Bills have just fallen out of playoff picture. Found that defeat last night. They're no longer in the playoff picture. Yeah, yeah. Bengals snuck into the seventh seed in the AFC. But I'm not even just talking about the AFC. I'm talking about the NFL. Full. Um, I think. Look, the Eagles have the best record at eight and one, but. We kind of discussed at nauseum, on air, off air, that there is some flaws, and you get to kind of week, well, week ten now, and all on a bye week, but they've not strung a complete com- performance together yet. There was some bizarre coaching decisions, and some bizarre schemes last night, and it's just maybe they're not going to string together that complete performance. Maybe it's just beyond this current roster. In its construction, so definitely where I'm standing, and at this moment in time, I'm not sure if there is a better side in the NFL than the Ravens. Well, yeah, look, as an Eagles fan, the Ravens are definitely the team I'd least like to go up against. Um, I think there there certainly would be a few interesting matchups. Like I think, um, okay. Obviously, they were blown out, but the Seahawks <laughs> blown out by the Ravens. But I do think the Seahawks are a good team, and that game wasn't really indicative of their quality. The same with the Lions. Um, look, yeah, I, I'm not going to make it an argument that there's anything better than the Ravens. I think they are the team to beat. Um, as you say, the main contenders might be uh, the Eagles, and it might be... Um, the the Bengals. A couple of weeks ago, we probably mm. would have said the 49ers, but every team has has gone through a lull, and the Ravens are are surging. I think they had a lull, and they were still winning games. And now that they're really meshing and gelling, mm. they just look uh, pretty just on top form, sublime. Yeah, sublime. Nice way to end that point. Thank you. Um, we'll move on then. And we're going to talk about the NFC West. 
So the 49ers were on a bye. So the, the other three teams in the division all played on Sunday. And between the three teams, they all scored a combined six points. So were we a bit too... Uh, a bit too early to discount the Niners as the best team in that division. Because we saw the Niners lose three games in a row. We had our questions about Brock Purdy coming back. Um, and, you know, you think to yourself, if that's your only weakness, you know, coming back <coughs> in the fourth quarter, it's a fairly small weakness. But that's three games in a row they, they dropped not one of the other division rivals gave a, a a competent showing. So where do you stand now? Do you who would you have at the top? We we need to see the inevitable get right game from the 49ers, I think. Uh did, did we discredit them as not being the best team in that division? If we did, more than more than happy to Admit defeat and I think acknowledge my feelings. There was a you. lot of talk around the league, around the media, that um, that this team weren't frauds. Like they're quite clearly a great team, but yeah, their underbelly really, you know, was shown. And now there is a blueprint out there to to sort of beat them. Um, yeah, look, and they've, they've not got a great matchup this week. They don't either on the return from the bye. Yeah, their their get right um, game is is not this week. They might win, but they're playing that maybe one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and that would be a contender for the Ravens. You know, on your previous point there, mm-hmm. uh, the Jaguars we're talking about. Fair. Um, yeah, look, obviously we we were like, I know they lost three in the Browns, but you're obviously they went from the most untouchable, unbeatable team in the league to. These aren't even making the playoffs. In the span of three weeks, the problem with the 49ers, and it, it just seems to be a consistent issue, maybe there's something in the war, but just injuries, injuries, and injuries, injuries. And for a, a large portion of the winning streak, I think McCaffrey was papering over a lot of the cracks. <coughs> and look, maybe... Maybe when, when they get some of those players back, it'll be a... A different side. I think Nick Bosa has been a shadow of himself this season since he got paid, which is worrisome. Um, they probably are the strongest team in that division. Maybe we just had them positioned higher up the landscape of the NFL. Maybe they are just a good playoff team at present. Um Probably been too reactionary on the 49ers event. Yeah. Uh, two things I'll I'll just I'll finish up with is um that they're on a bye now. Um we'll see what they look like against the Jaguars, but with Trent Williams back, with Debo Samuel back, and we'll see what Chase Young looks like on that defense. An already <coughs> excellent D line and see how that is affected. And the second thing I'll say is um, it's a great headline to say three teams in one division scored six points between them. But just to put a bit of context around that, Mm. Arizona were playing one of the best defenses in the league with a rookie, um, Clayton Toon. Not a very highly tooted rookie either. So 
you know, take that for what it's worth. And similarly, uh, Matt Stafford was not playing on Sunday. Um, and so they were operating, you know, their offense with a with a backup. And I think Gino is still prone to these games as well, where he too looks like the backup or, you know, when he was starting for the Jets. So, again, I don't think the, the teams, well, maybe with the exception of the Cardinals, I don't think the Seahawks are as bad as they looked on Sunday. Um, and I do think the 49ers are better than they have looked the last three, well, four weeks now. Same. Yeah, same. I th- look, I think the Seahawks results, it speaks to who the Ravens are more so than who the Seahawks are. Um, but moving on, and not moving too far away, I suppose given the respective results, were the Cardinals far too easy to move off of Joshua Dobbs? There is a second part, but we'll answer this first. Um. Yeah, I, I don't really get it. Like, <laughs> Joshua Dobbs is he's really put himself on the map this season. Um like I I really think he's gonna be one of these journeyman quarterbacks. Like he's guaranteed a backup job year in, year out. Mm. Um now I don't really understand why the why the, the Cardinals moved off of Josh Dobbs to Clayton Toon. I know Kyler Murray's coming back and maybe it's 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 cap reasons. But I don't see why you wouldn't... Um... Yeah. But I suppose there's two reasons. One, he seems to give you the opportunity to win when you're down your star quarterback, which is is huge. And he kind of plays a similar style, obviously not to the effect of Kyler Murray. But so it is very much plug and play. So I don't, I don't fully get the concept of moving off of him. So no, quick. I don't either. I... Um, it um, oh, maybe doesn't make sense. Like he's come in with very little prep. He played a good game week one no. of the season, and obviously came in on two or traded to Minnesota on Tuesday. Played on Sunday and beat the Atlanta Falcons, who had a top ten defense, and you know have all the personnel to be a top five offense if they put it together. They just can't. Uh, look, props to Josh Dobbs. I don't know why the Cardinals would opt to to move off him as a backup. Um. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. I suppose the second part of that question was, and I'm trying not to get caught up in the euphoria of a bloke winning the game who hasn't had any practice reps, who is learning the playbook, who doesn't even know his teammates' names. Um. But does his arrival in Minnesota provide? An opportunity for a playoff berth. Because let's be honest, the strength of the rosters in Minnesota and Arizona are two wildly different things. So, do we feel Dobbs gives the Vikings the potential to go through as the second seed in the NFC North and uh, get there or thereabouts? I would say he he does... Uh, like if you look at um, if you look at their their matchup, the week end coming, it's against New Orleans. Um, I I think he gives them a great opportunity to to beat New Orleans first of all, um, 
because they've struggled with mobile quarterbacks, and we saw him, you know, run all over the the, the Falcons. Uh, we saw Tyson Tyson Bajent need to get that name right of the Bears. He ran and gave the Saints fits, mm. so I think Dobbs can do the same. Um, and if you look at Minnesota's schedule, upcoming schedule, they've got two tough games against the Lions coming up. Um, but outside of the Lions and the Bengals, I suppose, the Saints is probably their fourth hardest matchup. Um, they have about a 15th remaining strength of schedule in the league. So if they can get past next week with a win, I think they have to be pretty confident going <coughs> forward. They're like they're mm-hmm. they've got the seventh seed as it stands. So if they can just keep the mm-hmm. pace the the you know the pace up and keep just slinging together wins, they can absolutely sneak into the playoffs, I think. Cool. You're welcome. Um we'll move on now to I, you talked about him earlier on in your Sasquatch stat. But is CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryans about to take Houston out of NFL mediocrity? Finally, the Houston Texans will be known as a decent NFL team. Um, and that's obviously forgetting about yeah. those years where that awful, awful man spent his first couple of years in, in Houston. But... um. I mean, yeah, they um, definitely seem, you can only go off the evidence you see in front of you and he seems like, one, exceptionally talented, two, the kind of off-field kind of things I've seen is in like interviews, post-game interviews, kind of any press coverage, he seems like a likeable enough fella too as well, hard worker, um, D'Amico Ryan, as we kind of touched on in the preseason previews, this season was all about building a culture in the organization. An organization that has, to be brutally honest, since it entered the league. And was it one of the expansion sides in 2000? I think so. I think it was 2000 when they entered. I wouldn't be corrected. Alongside the Jags. Um, they've, they've had some exceptional players, but they've never really had a roster that could compete. As in, like, they've had Arian Foster, they've had... Um, JJ Watt. Obviously D Hop. JJ Watt. Um they had another very good wide receiver around the time of Arian Foster, but his name escapes me. I think it was Johnson. Um Andre Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. But they've always been kind of there thereabouts. Um kind of might might make the playoffs but kind of bouncing the wild card. I think they did make an a championship game one year. Um but whoever they come up against they were. They were put to the sword. I think they can. Um, I think we'd be well reminded if they go on a bit of a skid towards the end of the year or even if next year doesn't start all too well. It is the very early stages of what should realistically be a four-year project. Um, I think they're safe in the knowledge that they more than likely odds-on have their guy on their centre who's on a rookie contract and that will give them opportunities in the off season to go after free agents. So 
they've now become a popular free agent landing spot. Houston's a good city. They have a good quarterback. Seem to have a great coach. Yeah, that that's a lot more appealing than it was say last off season. So definitely, where momentum lies right now is that they are trending towards being a, a very good franchise. Um, right now they're a good franchise with plenty of talented rookies. Um, and I think look, this could go very well in the next few years. But I'm tempering an expectation because it is still very early days and I don't want us to kind of say, well, this is how good the first 10 weeks are. It should keep continuing. Of course. In a, in a it's not a linear linear fashion. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'll, uh, I'll just very quickly add on to you, time, as you mentioned, that it could be a four year sort of project. Um, just a bit of a an outlook for future years in next next year's draft they still they'll have eight picks i think um nine picks and they still have a first round draft pick that they're getting from cleveland obviously for the the trade of the bad man and then not only that but next year they are projected to have the fourth most cap space so not only will people want to go there but they'll actually have the resources to actually bring in the good players uh, so I think they struck gold in getting a top quarterback because now people want to play for the team and for that coach. Um, so I think we'll, we'll I think we'll see a huge polarity shift in you know sort of the the image of Houston over the last few years to what they might look like over the next few years. I suppose because of the performances, just quickly finishes off because of the performance of CJ Stroud and D'Amico. It puts, and because of what you've just listed just there, it puts an absorbent amount of pressure now on the GM. Because you have two of the three most important pieces in a franchise in place. So he has to prove his his work now. Yep. And that's what it's going to boil down to. But look, speaking of boiling down, <coughs> apologies actually to the listeners, I... Have a bit of a cough, and I'm far too ignorant oh. to mute my mic. Oh, I didn't realize. So up. Didn't notice. Did you know? No. Did you I know? have the courtesy to Don't mute my microphone noise. now when I when I cough or I splut there. That's the respect I have for our listeners. What can I say? You're a better. You're you're a better bloke than well, me. Um, I hope that helps you sleep at night. But anyway, are we comfortable discrediting the Dolphins as legitimate? challengers given that they now sit 0-3 against teams above 500 that's question one part one are we comfortable discrediting them um i'm not comfortable but i will discredit them uh like they lost to the chiefs 21 14 and one of the scores by the chiefs was a defensive uh, like a crazy uh strip fumble lateral yeah and return for a touchdown Otherwise, I think they were very evenly matched. I think they could have beaten the Chiefs. Um, but as I said, I'll discredit them, but I'm not comfortable. Um, they were so close, but they haven't beaten a team that's over 500. Um, we saw the Bills kind of handle them. We saw the, the Eagles handle them, maybe not as comfortably as the Bills. And, you know, they couldn't get it done. As close as they got, you know, they are what their record says they are in terms of beating teams over 500, and that's zero for three. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm probably a little bit more comfortable. Um, I think it's this is not the first year we've seen them like this. They were they were kind of similar last year. Um, but I suppose it brings me to my next question: like, why can't they get the job done? Like, what's the feeling? Because look, Mike McDaniel is a very fun guy. Seems to be quite a decent coach. I know he's very likable in the media, or whatever. But he he generally seems to be quite articulate and clever in kind of the schemes and stuff he's drawn up. And and it has even the play calling has progressed year on year. And um, if you look at kind of how Tua lined up under centre last year and kind of the plays they're running now, they've progressed. But somehow it seems like for want of a better expression, and maybe this is pig bloody ignorance on my behalf, they just seem soft. As in, in situational football, they just disappear. And it could be to it. Like, as in, you look at that final drive. Is that something that's always going to pop up for them? And look, maybe they get the, the job done once or twice. But consistently, I don't think they're capable of beating quality. So, yeah, look, I think their whole philosophy is predicated on speed. Like, you see that with Tyreek Hill... Jalen Waddle, uh, Devon Achan, Raheem Mostert. And the speedy guys are generally the smaller guys. And the smaller guys can generally be out-physicaled by the bigger guys. We saw that even with Tyreek, like their, you know, crown jewel of their offense. And he got he got the ball ripped out that yeah. set up that um, lovely defensive play by the Chiefs. Defensive ladder. Um, Look, that's going to be their the weakness in their game. Um, and I think all the other top teams... The Dolphins just subscribe so um, fanatically to this speed sort of mantra or ideal. Whereas the other teams, are, yeah. are they're more rounded. They might have one guy that's speedy, but generally most of the roster will be bigger than players on on the dolphins so yeah. they can be out muscled generally um and i think i'm I, I keep saying that the dolphins can score at will it becomes it's looking as if it's less and less likely they they can score at will from behind in a neutral game script they can put up the points but we've seen several times where when coming from behind that's when two struggles I think um, he's he's a huge. I think it's less and less likely that, that they can score at will. Full stop. Like they didn't score in the first half. Yeah, they didn't move the ball fantastically. Well, I do either. believe that Kansas has a top five defense, but I do agree with your sentiment. You yeah. should still put up some points against the top five defense, be it a, a field goal, um, or a single touchdown, yeah. um. Yeah, look, it's there's certainly, you know, you see over the course of a season, one team will really hit its stride for maybe a window of five games. And I think the Dolphins hit that stride early. And I think they're, they've come off it. Um, now, look, maybe the upside to, to hitting your stride early in the season is that you can have your lull and get back to it. But we are in that lull mm. at the moment, I think, for the Dolphins. 
Uh, all right, and we'll we'll do this very quickly. We're going to do our own. I've got all the odds here now for the NFL honors. MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, all of those awards. What I'll do is I'll ask you to name your award. Uh, or you hand out these awards to, to the, the players and I'll see if the bookies agree with you. So, MVP. Who's your MVP as of now? As of now, I I think we we might actually have a year where it's not a quarterback. I think it could be Tyreek Hill or it could be um, AJ Brown and it could be wide receiver this year. Uh, yeah, it's not. That's fair enough. I think um, the position players sort mm. of fell off in the last couple of weeks. I think Tyreek had a quiet week. Christian McCaffrey's lost three games in a row. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the favourite at the moment followed by Jalen Hurts and Lamar where's AJ uh, way list? down he is um, <coughs> way down I can't even see his name down he is um, 18th on the list Jesus. at 150 to 1 I just don't think I just don't think there's been accept, an exceptional quarterback this year like I think Brock yeah, Purdy and Tua have kind of shown us that yep Success is kind of a quarterback that plays a kind of a point guard. Okay, role. well, we'll move on to offensive player of the year. So I think we know who you're. Yeah, AJ. you give it to AJ. That's fair enough. He's third in the odds um, after Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Uh, defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett, and no one else is close. I'd agree with you. Um, but Micah Parsons is actually the same odds as Miles Garrett. I, I'd be giving it to, to Miles yeah. Garrett there. Um, Micah Parsons having a good year, but... Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm biased. Micah Parsons having a good year, but I just think Miles Garrett is probably the, this year probably the closest we've ever seen to someone replicating what Lawrence Taylor used to do for the Giants. Um, I think he's been but let's talk about rookies now. Offensive rookie of the year. I, I think we know. I think... Um, People will have lost a lot of money betting on Bijan Robinson at the start of the year. Yeah, I think I think so true too. Um, and look, arguably it's not his fault. It's it's the coaching um, decisions that we've discussed. Like that's what's probably going to cost him an offensive rookie of the year award because the glimpses we've seen, we're like this kid is special. Yep. Um, I'd be a little bit intrigued that Jameer Gibbs at twelve to one. I think the Lions are going to start using him more and more. Um, but yeah, I think CJ Stroud is the overwhelming favorite where he is. Yeah. Um, but I think justifiably so. Uh, we'll move on yeah. to where are we? Defensive Rookie of the Year. I don't really have one. I don't think. Yep. If you want to look at the odds, um, Jalen Carter is two to one. Yeah. On. So that's a that's a that's a case half of a point. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then followed by Devin Witherspoon, the Seahawks corner. Um, and then followed by Brian Branch, the Lions safety, and Will Anderson, the edge for the Texans. A bit of a quiet year, I think, for the defensive class. Uh, probably com- when you compare it to like Sauce Gardner, who was immediately a you know cornerback one of the league. Or I think, although Jalen Carter obviously is having outside a- of Jalen. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think the players that are excelling are, ex- are excelling without the highlight plays. Like, Josh Gardner is kind of a highlight reel, and that's kind of why he was so obvious maybe last year. But I think those players you've mentioned, they've not had incredible highlight plays, but they've all played well. So it's probably... Yeah. When uh, we've there. got two more to go. Um, comeback player of the year. I think the the favorite here should be obvious. We saw him on our TV there, prior to the Sunday night football game. Demar Hamlin. I think he's a shoe in. Nah, I'm not sure about that now. Well, who do you think's the the competition yeah, storylines? Yeah, I think that's it. That's what I'm trying to think. I don't. Yeah, I think there has to be an element of production behind a, a comeback player of the year. Um, um, second in the odds yeah. is okay. is Tua, obviously coming back from his flurry of concussions. Concussion. Yeah. And next is Brees Hall. Dang. Uh, obviously, he came back from the torn ACL. Yeah. And next, and I like this, is Josh Dobbs at ten to one. Comeback player of the year. I was gonna say uh, yeah. Gino style twice. Yeah. Uh, finally, we'll take a look at coach yeah. of the year. Who do you think is top top of the pops here? I think we talked about him a lot this episode. Uh, yep. I think we've talked. About he's him up a lot. there, but he's not number one. Number one would probably be someone stupid like Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel is number two. Dan Campbell is number one. And I think Dan Campbell's a good coach, but uh, maybe I'm just I'm not particularly surprised think, by the Lions though. Like I, I thought they were a good team. And that's what I was gonna say. What would probably discredit Dan Campbell from Coach of the Year is how well they finished last season. Yeah. Um <coughs> Rob Salah is third. I think he could be in consideration if the Jets can scrape together a, a playoff spot. But I do think D'Amico Ryan's is, mm-hmm. is a great, great uh in with a great chance for taking that there. Yeah. Fair. That's our last award, yeah. so there you go. Fair. And look, we'll try and cover this last point quite quickly. But for all their failings. The Raiders are still four and five. They've moved off McDaniel's, um, and they seem to be generally quite happy with things. They are obviously second in the AFC West. The Chargers do play tonight. If they beat the Jets, I think they'll go ahead. They've same amount of wins, but the Chargers have played one less. With McDaniel's out of the picture, is there scope that this could be a playoff team? Yeah, they're four and five, but they're sort of twelfth. Seeded in the AFC with, uh, I think, the third remaining strength of schedule in the, the in the league. They've got two games coming up against KC and then the Dolphins, Jets and Vikings. Um, their easiest opponents is the Broncos. Yeah, justified. Uh, but then the Chargers and the Colts, who can look scrappy at times. Mm. I think, I don't know. I think that that thrashing they gave to the Giants, it was a case of the phenomenon known as the fired head coach bump. Um, I'm not sure. 
that and the Giants are a well, bit of a dumpster fire too. Probably well. helps it, it too. Definitely, um, <laughs> perfect opportunity. Um, but if they can just start, like players are happier. If they can get a bit of momentum going, like there's there is enough weapons there. Maybe I'm not saying. No, look, I'm not saying they turn around and not. Crazier things would have happened than a team that is currently four and five <coughs> sneaking into the playoffs when the lowest yeah. seeded playoff spot is five and three you know it's it's not out of the realms of possibility that the the deck is the deck is stacked against them uh but if if they split their series with the chiefs i wouldn't be surprised division games mm. so no. um yeah, as you say, head coaches might tend to to try and implement their scheme to the detriment of you know focusing on the strengths of their players or ignoring their star players uh, just to get their scheme going. And I think maybe over the next few weeks we'll see Devontae Adams get his and um, catches up. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I just think the odds are they're too stacked against them. I'd like to see it because the Raiders, Fair. for quite the last number of years, have endured a good bit of pain. So it would be nice for some good fortune to go their way. Well, look, when we just, we'll park that here anyway. But when we just say that if it happens, I told you so. And if it doesn't, forget the steps will happen. Sounds good to me. Right, that brings us on now to the week 10 previews. Rocky, who you got first? We've got a bit of a disgrace of a Thursday night football game. It's the Panthers at the Bears. Like You couldn't name a more putrid, repulsive game. It's been a wacky season, but it's been a brutal season for like prime time. Yes fixtures it'll be interesting to see whether justin fields uh can go and play in this game but if you look up at the the drop off of stats from justin fields to tyson bajant there are there is a drop off but it's i think it's a point a game passing yards might be 10 to 15 yards a game and i think he can run certainly not as fast (coughs) as justin fields but he can run so I don't think the drop-off is massive from Justin Fields to Tyson Bajant. Hot take, but I don't think no. it is. Um, no, it's not horrific. But he did throw two picks. Did he throw two picks again? Um, not like Justin Fields doesn't draw picks. Yeah. yeah, there was a couple of picks thrown and a couple of fumbles. Um, anyway, this is a bit of a disgusting game. If I was betting this game, I wouldn't. Um, but if I I I have to pick just because we're doing a podcast and people didn't aren't listening to te- to say <laughs> to to hear us saying I don't like this game, um I'll pick the probably the Panthers in this spot. I'll back the Bears because we might agree on the rest of the results. Yeah. And the Panthers are brutal. 
Um, but yeah, not much more to say on that one. Um, next up, and apologies to the people of Frankfurt who got Miami and Kansas last year, last week. Followed up this week by the Colts versus the Patriots. The four and five Colts versus the two and seven Patriots. Not very confident in this because it is Gardner Minshew under center and he can blow hot and cold. But I would back the Colts against the Patriots. Again, it's it's a very much a meh fixture. Yeah, I just take the Colts. They're two point favorites on the road, but it's not really on the road. It's a neutral field, so I'll take the the uh, Colts here. Uh, the next game. Yeah. will probably be a good one. It's the Browns at the Ravens. These teams generally always play them or play each other close. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I, I'll pick the, the Ravens to win. The spread is maybe a, probably about the the right sort of area. Uh, I still think I'd take the Ravens. Yeah, I, I, I back the Ravens just because of how good. I can't sit here and say, are they the team to beat? in the NFL and then back the Browns but divisional matchup I think it's going to be a very good game I think it's going to be very tight it's going to be a defensive masterclass from both teams and I, I like 13-10 maybe one for the purists um, but yeah I'll back the Ravens too moving on uh, a real test um, and look it's mad how a couple of weeks can change your perspectives um, going into the season you probably would have chalk this down as a blowout win for the Bengals a few weeks ago you probably would have said Texans would beat, beat the Bengals now it's kind of more even match up um, I I will back the Bengals but for CJ Stroud and D'Amico Marine it's a perfect spot there's no pressure on them they would be expected to lose this given how good the Bengals have looked in recent weeks and they can just play with the uh, play with the shackles off maybe Um but yeah, I think Bengals, but I wouldn't expect, I would expect the Texans to go down and swing it. Uh, yeah, look, I think the, the Texans probably feel like they can get into a shootout with anybody and stand a chance. Um, the Bengals are seven point favorites, so I would probably side with the Bengals, but I'd take the <laughs> Texans and the points, I'd say. Mm, yeah. Uh, the next game is the Niners at the Jaguars. A team that three weeks ago was the best in the NFL versus what's probably the hottest team in the NFL right now. Uh, the Niners are probably fairly desperate to claw back some, claw their way back to or in the direction of the one seed. Uh, the Niners are three point favorites, so obviously they're getting their their reinforcements back from injury I still think I'd take the Jags here only because they are playing on fire at the moment Um, I'd certainly take the Jags plus three points I do have a feeling the Niners will put out a win though yeah yeah I I'll back the Jags in this like yeah I agree yeah back in the Jags had the Jags Played last week and not also been in the boy. I might kind of lean towards the 49ers, but both teams in the boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna back the Jags at home. Um, next fixture uh, is touched upon the Joshua Dobbs era in Minnesota. They host the Saints. 
traditionally and historically, the Vikings are not a good matchup for the Saints. Uh, obviously, the, the Minnesota Miracle, they knocked them off then a few years ago in the playoffs in NOLA. Um, we've talked about kind of a, a, a decent defense and kind of a lackluster offense in the Saints. And I think there's, a, there's enough feel good in Minnesota at the minute that I actually, I'm going to back them in this one. Don't know about point spreads. Um, two, five, and four teams, so it's probably a bit of a coin toss. But I'll back the Vikings in this one. I think the the Saints are probably the better team at the moment. But like I said, Josh Dobbs can run, and that gives the uh, the Nola defense fits. So I'm also in agreement with you. I'm going to take the mini uh, here. Yeah, our next game is the Packers at the Steelers. Another bit of a woeful matchup here. The Steelers are three and a half point favorites. Um, I also just don't know how the Steelers have the record they do. They're five and three. I don't think they look like a five and three team. Uh, but I don't think the Green Bay Packers are deserving of their measly record of three and five. I think they look terrible. Uh, even though, even though I was high on Jordan Love at the start of the year. I'll take the Steelers. Yeah, uh, I'm the same. I'm going to go Steelers. I think last weekend's result was a bit of an anomaly. It was a very poor showing from the Rams. I don't think it's a sign that the Packers have turned the corner. And roster-wise, I think the Steelers are better um, than the Packers. So, yeah, Steelers for me. Um, moving on, this is a very interesting one. Um, so... Titans at Bucks. Look, the Bucks are scrappy. Um, I know they lost to the Texans, but by God, that was a hell of a game. Uh, and they will always be in and around, kind of unless they're playing like top two or three teams in the league against anyone. I I give them a chance. The Titans is going to be interesting. I as I mentioned, I thought Will Levis, like even in a loss, he looked decent for me against the Steelers on Thursday night football. He looked good, obviously, in the opening game. Um, I think Styles make fights and it's probably not a defence you want a rookie to be playing in his third fixture so look look for them to lean on the run game um, but I'm going to cautiously back the Titans in this one on the road I think they'll do it Where, why I don't know but just gut instinct yeah um I too will back the Titans. They were coming back to to um against the Steelers on Thursday night, and Will Levis made some of those disastrous looking throws. Uh, but their mistakes he can clean up, trying to force the ball into the end zone. Mm. I think he's got he's got a bit of moxie about him, so I I'll take Will Levis. Yeah. Uh, the next game is the Falcons at the Cardinals. Ah. Uh, I've said enough about the Falcons. They're squandering the talent they have. They're two and a half point favourites. I will probably side with the Falcons here because I don't believe Kyler Murray will be back. Same. Um, yeah, and that's all that needs to be said in yep. that one. Uh, Lions and Chargers. Um, it's hard to know. Um, Chargers under-delivering. Um, potentially they could get right. I don't don't see it happening. I think this is this is kind of 
the last few games, I think, for, for Brandon Stanley. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make it to the end of the season. Um, so I'm, I'll be locking up the Lions on this one. Uh, me too. Uh, they're one and a half point favourites, which I think is very... It's a very narrow spread for... It's bizarre. It's a, that's a weird line. It's very... I think it should be wider. And when you see weird lines like that, I think you you are to expect some funny business. I'm going to side with the Lions. But I, I expect some funny business in this game. Yeah. Uh, the next game is the Giants yeah. at the Cowboys. Um, for as long as I've watched the NFL, the Giants have never been able to do the Eagles a favour when playing the, the Cowboys. <laughs> this year is... It might have the least amount of of hope this for it. A, um, this is blowout alert. This might be the widest spread I've ever seen. Sixteen points, and this is also the most confident I've ever been taken. A spread this wide, I would take the the Cowboys minus sixteen here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to argue, especially seeing as it's probably going to be. Um, Tommy DeVito on the centre. Um, which, interesting enough, additional stat for the week. If DeVito starts, it's a record number of rookies who have started an NFL game in a season already this season. Hmm. There's one for you. That's a good stat. Hey, Tommy. Um, moving on. Uh, this is going to be an interesting fixture, to be honest with you. I uh, wouldn't have thought it maybe a few weeks ago, but Commanders at the Seahawks. Seahawks, obviously, they they floundered against the Ravens. They've had a few kind of odd performances. Not necessarily odd results, but odd performances. Um, and the Commanders are... They're not amazing, but they're getting games. They're getting the winning games. They're kind of there thereabouts. Eric Bieniemy has somehow looking like a competent quarterback. First parts of a game. And he's nowhere near that. So, yeah, I am going to go Seahawks. I do think they will get it right. But don't be surprised if the Seahawks are trailing midway through the third quarter. Um, yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to be desperate now to keep pace in the NFC West. I think they'll come yeah. out um, thumping. But as you say, Sam Howell does look good. Um, I think particularly the last two weeks, well, maybe not so much against the Patriots, um, but but he does look like a quarterback they can probably hitch their wagon to for, you know, the duration of his rookie contract and then maybe like a Daniel Jones-esque two-year contract. Um, I hope not. Uh, so I think I'll take the Seahawks as well. Uh, the Sunday night game is the Jets facing off against the Raiders. Like say what you want to pay against the the Jets, they've kind of really confuddled good quarterbacks this year. Um, so I think we might see. Who are we going to see? Is it Aiden O'Connell starting for the the Raiders? Um, yeah. So I'm gonna take the Jets Thank here. You. I'm backing the Raiders in an upset. 
and upset. Nice one. You're high in the Raiders. No, you're high in the Raiders. Well, I won't say high, but you've got a gut feeling. Yeah. All right. Well, at least somebody believes in them. Okay. At least someone does. And finally, uh, Monday Night Football this week is Broncos against the Bills. Broncos have looked a little bit better. They seem to have got their their pass rush back. Um, however, I think the Bills kind of on a bit of a hiding to nothing. They've, uh, as we mentioned, they've they've suffered the uh, pain of falling out of the playoff picture. I think they'll be on a bit of a mission. and I think I'll back the Bills in Buffalo in cold and dreary November. Uh, yeah. Not that Colorado's too warm. No. Look, the last time we saw the Broncos, we saw them beating the, the Chiefs. I don't think that's <laughs> indicative of... Look, surely they, they might be on an upward trajectory, but I don't think they're in the good tier of teams. So I'll take the Bills here. I think they too will be a bit desperate to keep pace with the top AFC seeds and they'll be coming out guns a-blazing. Swinging. Yeah, well look, that concludes the round 10 previews. We're edging ever closer to Turkey Day and a definitive ramp up in pressure. Yeah, fans um, of the, but that's all the Kansas City Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Eagles will be resting easy this weekend. Having a bit of yeah. R and R. Good weekend for a boy. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, all from me. And that's all from me. Thank you, and good night. Exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, Here guys. it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play.